0: In this episode, Reverend Catherine Wagstaff looks at a story that Jesus told, the parable of the sower. This story is found in the Bible, from the New Testament book called Matthew, and in chapter 13. Matthew, chapter 13. Later that same day, Jesus left the house and sat beside the lake. A large crowd soon gathered around him, so he got into a boat. Then he sat there and taught as the people stood on the shore. He told many stories in the form of parables, such as this one. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. As he scattered them across his field, some seeds fell on a footpath and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plants soon wilted under the hot sun, and since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Other seeds fell among the thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they produced a crop that was thirty, sixty, and even a 100 times as much as had been planted. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Now, listen to the explanation of the parable about the farmer planting seeds. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. Then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even a hundred times as much has been planted.
1: Lord, we might not be sitting by a lake today. However, As the crowds eagerly gathered to listen to the stories and the truths that you told them, we too await your word to us. With joy in our hearts and anticipation, we pray that you will give us listening ears and hearts open to receive your love, your teaching and your wisdom. Help our lives to be full to bursting, bearing your fruit. Amen. Amen. Now, over the last few months, we've began to look at the world in a new way. Certainties are no longer as certain as they once were, perhaps. This time last year, no one imagined what we could be in this time this year, i.e. lockdown and all that we're going through right now. We're doing and thinking and being about a church in in different ways. No one could have imagined that. Reading this parable afresh the first time, we notice, uh, first of all, that uh, for his own safety and perhaps in order to be better seen, Jesus gets into a boat and he puts some distance between himself and the crowd. In the Bible, um, tongue in cheek, but the Bible isn't saying it's two meters or more. It just puts some distance. Jesus sits down to teach, and that indicates his authority, because if you sat down to teach, you meant business. I am going to teach you something. That was the mark of the authority. Jesus sat down. To teach. And he takes practical steps to be heard and he communicates in the way that the crowd were used to and he addresses them in the ways that they can understand. The image of a sower, of course, was common in first century Palestine. And when the seed is scattered, not all of it bears fruit. Some falls on the path or or on stony ground. Some goes into shallow uh, earth and fails to mature. And much bearing of fruit, there's also the failure of hearing uh, and not. Uh, understanding amidst the, say, the much bearing of fruit, there's still failure to understand. Jesus recognised that even with the best news in the world, the news of God's love and mercy for all, there would still be setbacks, there would still be problems. The disciples have the parables explained to them. They have the benefit of the expertise of Jesus who told this parable and who was by definition best place to explore its meaning. Now, the central character in the parable is the farmer who goes out one day to sow some seed. There were no seed drills in Jesus' day. The seed would be taken out of a basket and just thrown around. And this seed falls all over the place, on the path where the birds get it, on the rocky patches where the seed just doesn't take root really, but it it just shrivels and dies because the soil has no depth. And in amongst the thorns, where, of course, the weeds are there. And as the seed grows, the weed just chokes the seed and the seed withers and dies. But even on the good soil, you notice, some seed fared better than others. Some seed produced a hundredfold, others 60, others 30. But at least they did produce something. At the end of the parable, Jesus, in one of his humorous moments, Says, let anyone with ears listen. And it can be easy for us to stop, I think, at the comparison made between the types of growing conditions and how we or how people receive the seed of God's word. We can just stop there. With a seed on the hard path relating to those who are too involved in the world to pay attention to spiritual things. They might hear the word, but the seed is quickly snatched away, eaten by the birds, and it just never takes any root. Or the seed falling amongst the rocks, representing those who get very excited about the gospel for a while, embrace it for themselves perhaps, but then have no roots, and the excitement dies down, and they just don't grow in their faith. They wither away. And the seed sown among thorns, representing perhaps those who hear the words and Put out some roots that the cares of the world, the challenges and the trials that come our way, choke the growth and the plants perish. It would be easy to stop there with those three. We like our three points, don't we, as Methodism, to stop there with three points. With warnings against being hard of heart or too busy with the world or of letting the normal difficulties of life kill your faith and indeed those illustrations can certainly speak to us can't they perhaps we could end up saying something like the remedy for bad soil is good soil and that could sound a bit like well off you go go and be good christians listen to your minister this is how you do it Uh, you listen to your minister of course you go to church a lot when it's open you perhaps join a committee and your faith will grow but i don't think That's all that Jesus is saying in this parable, not by a long way. I think there's a lot more. It's a parable of the kingdom, remember, and it's about our response to the word of God, which we engage in on a daily basis. Now, I'm no farmer or gardener for that matter. Most of you will know that by the state of the garden. But I do know that land conditions can change. What was past one year can be dug up and become good soil the next. The rocky places can be cleared of their stones and thorns and weeds can be pulled up, pulled out. Meanwhile, the good soil, unless it is tended, could itself become a rocky place or overrun with weeds. Any gardener or farmer will tell us that we have to keep on responding to and tending to the soil to bring out the best from it and to keep it rich and fertile. Guard against thinking, my soil is okay. All is going very well. Oh, I'm just going to sit back and you watch me grow. We know things change, don't we? We know it now if we never knew it before. Things change. Our lives are in a continual state of change, just as the soil is. The reality of the word world will continue to challenge us and to change us. So our soil needs tending. Our soil needs nurturing, watching out for the stones and the weeds And the things that might get in the way of our response to God's call in our lives of love and mercy and grace. And here I speak very much to myself as well as I'm speaking to everyone here. We know that these things can happen, don't we? That our soil needs tending. We need to be alert, don't we, for the stones or the weeds. We need to be ready to dig up the hardened path to allow the Holy Spirit to transform the soil of our lives the constant work of the farmer um, that's going through prayer, perhaps more and more prayer uh, through fellowship together like this through reading of the word. And may I say more prayer, never stop on the prayer. But having said all of that, I think the parallel is about even more about that, even more rather than that. Now, we know that Jesus was a great storyteller. But it would seem but he wasn't actually much of a farmer. He may have understood good farming practice, but he doesn't demonstrate it, does he, in this parable? No good farmer would throw his seed around hither and thither, wildly, indiscriminately, wastefully even, in the way that the sower does in Jesus' parable. No good farmer would do that. Jesus makes it clear That he knows it's a bad idea to waste seed by throwing it on the path or rocks or in amongst the weeds. But he does it anyway. He does it anyway. So I think this parable is not so much about farming methodology, but it's much more about the generous abundance of the farmer, almost profligate abundance of the farmer. Jesus isn't teaching about agriculture in this story. He's about preaching the gospel. Of the reckless abundance of God's grace and mercy being scattered everywhere for everyone, a good farmer prepares the soil and then carefully avoids the path, the rocks and the briars. He doesn't want his efforts on spreading seed, but you know put into spreading seed where it's not likely to go because it's a waste of seed and a waste of effort. But we, are not farmers. Well, not in this context, certainly. We are followers of Jesus. We are called upon to spread the news that God loved the world so much that he came to live amongst us in Jesus, that Jesus died for love of us, that we might respond to God's reckless, overabundant, generous love and find the freedom of our salvation in him. And that's good news and it's our job to live it and to share it and to scatter it indiscriminately. Not like the farmer. Not having time to spend time uh, trying to decide whether we're going to spread it to the right people or not. The people like us, perhaps, or the people we want to tell us, uh, give the seed to. The people who we want to be part of our church. It doesn't work like that, does it? In this parable, Jesus shows us that to be a good sower of the seed a good spreader of God's love and mercy we have to spread it to everyone because that's what God does whether we think they deserve it or not whether we like them or not whether they're likely to receive it or not it doesn't matter if they're paths or rocks or briars we can't judge that it's just our job to scatter the gospel over them just as God does, just as God sows the seed of his deep love and strong mercy indiscriminately, wildly, and prolifically. God is a generous, abundant God. He hasn't held himself back. He gives us the gift of his grace and love and mercy, and he does that abundantly for all who will hear. So we are called to sow the seed Of the kingdom, indiscriminately, wildly, prolifically, tossing out bouquets of love to everyone around us. And that quote is far too poetic and too good for me to have composed it. I found that when I was looking up, uh, reading around some of this subject. And I thought that's such a great quote. So I'm going to read it again. We are called to sow the seed of the kingdom indiscriminately, wildly, prolifically tossing out bouquets of love to everyone around us and who knows where that seed may land where the soil may be tended rocks shifted weeds pulled out and growth produced 30 60 or even a hundred fold As we move together forwards uh, in our planning, we look at the activities of our local churches in a world that has been changed. We need to be encouraged by this parable, encouraged to work in ways that we discern are appropriate in our current situation, scattering God's grace and mercy, taking risks with our seed sowing in whatever ways we can find of doing it. We should be encouraged to keep trying, even if the seed we cast doesn't always bear fruit straight away or in ways that we might want or expect. Just keep on scattering. Encouraged to sow the seeds of the kingdom indiscriminately, wildly, prolifically, tossing out bouquets of love to everyone around us. That is what God calls us to do. That is how God treats us. And he calls us to do the same. Amen. Amen.
2: speak
0: This podcast is adapted from recorded Zoom services held by Dawlish Methodist Church. Full videos can be viewed on their Facebook page. Music is taken from worshiplyricvideos.com. All rights reserved.